Oh, I don't know what you've been told, but heaven is coming down to the world. Oh, I don't know what you've been told, but heaven is coming down to the world. Oh, heaven, heaven is coming down. Oh, I don't know what you've been told, but heaven is coming down to the world. Oh, I don't know what you've been told, but heaven is coming down to the world. Oh, heaven, heaven is coming down. Oh, heaven. these little moments of panic where all of a sudden I think, oh no, I don't think I have anything to say. Um, and so I pray that, um, that it would be you that speaks to our hearts today and that I wouldn't get in the way of anything, um, but that I would just be a little conduit that you can speak through and love through um, today. And that each of us would walk out of here with um, a message from you to us. Um, that we need. Uh, thank you that um, you're the shepherd and we're the sheep. And so I pray that you would feed us today through Christ. Amen. So last week, uh, a former hospice patient of mine asked me to officiate a funeral and, um, and to use the Lord's Prayer as the topic. And so I was like, okay, you know, I can do that. Done, been there, done that. That's a common one, almost as common as Psalm 23. Um, and then the very same week in staff meeting, um, our pastor, senior pastor, Peter, and his wife, Susan, um, they were, they're really tuned in to spiritual warfare and to some of the seasonal, some of the negative sides of this Halloween season. And, and so they're very tuned in to that. And they said, you know, uh, Satan, the enemy, really hates the sound of the Lord's Prayer. I thought, well, I never thought about that. 
Um, and then last week, Vince did the Selah service, which, I, which is always really balm to my spirit. And, uh, and he had us say the Lord's Prayer together. We don't always say it. We say it periodically. And it just felt like the Lord's Prayer was all around me. And I had been planning to speak on something different for today. But I thought maybe... Maybe I'm supposed to speak on the Lord's Prayer. Um, but at first I thought, nah, we've heard that so many times. You know, uh, what, is the, what, what's, what, what have I got to say about the Lord's Prayer that hasn't already been said? Um, but I thought, well, maybe there's something with this prayer, this old familiar prayer, um, that really has some power, some fresh power for us today. And, you know, when you start getting these signs from all over the place, maybe that's what, the word is that you're supposed to speak. So here is um, my hope to put some fresh thought into an old prayer. Um, you know, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, wow, I don't know, I don't know, what, what's, what's so special about the Lord's Prayer? Um, and it made me think of the old story of Moses, Moses with his staff. Remember after Moses grew up as, he grew up as the son of Pharaoh, with all the privileges of being Pharaoh's son. But after a series of events, he ended up having to flee Egypt, and he lived in the wilderness unknown and um, unpampered um, for how many, anybody remember how many years he lived out there anonymously? Four, 40 years. Oh, nice one, good one. Uh, this side has one point so far. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, he lived out there for 40 years and doing simple things, he was a shepherd. Now everybody knows that if, if you're hikers around here, if you hike any length of time, you probably grab a stick to hike with. But if you're a shepherd, you definitely find a staff or a, a stick, a rod, um, to carry because there's lots of, lots of uses for it that you would use. There's, as a shepherd, there's constant trekking, constant tending of sheep, and I believe that somewhere along those 40 years, Moses would have picked a sturdy, solid, trusty staff to use over the years. But this is not an ornate staff. This is something simple used for sheep care. So imagine Moses' surprise when he encountered God in the burning bush and the Lord told him to use this simple staff of his. Maybe he's carried it around for years and years. But he said, use this staff to do a miracle when you go before Pharaoh. And so, in fact, let's look at the passage in Exodus. It says, the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a staff. And God said, throw it on the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail, usually a bad idea. So he put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. So when God told Moses to use his staff to equip him to be ready to stand before Pharaoh, I can just picture Moses saying, my staff, what, this old thing? So fast forward to us. 
What if God is really giving us a source of strength and power um, to be able to stand before the enemy with this simple and familiar prayer that we've always carried with us from childhood? What? The Lord's Prayer? This old thing? Maybe it's the same thing. So when Jesus modeled the Lord's Prayer, do you remember why he gave the Lord's Prayer to the disciples? What did they say to him? Yeah, Lord, teach us to pray. If you were following Jesus around, don't you think that you would have listened to him and been like, yeah, (laughs) I think I'll let you do the praying uh, because he probably sounded great all the time, you know? And, And I think that for most of us, praying can feel awkward sometimes. Um, I've even told God before, I've said, Lord, you know, sometimes it's hard to talk to somebody that I can't see or hear or touch. You know, I wish I could, if you were just sitting right, if you were Brian right there, it would be so much easier. I could see you and hear you and, um, you know, reach out to you. And Jesus understood that this is difficult sometimes to talk to somebody that you can't see. In fact, one time Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Jesus wanted to help his disciples be able to talk with God, and he wants to help us too. So if we look at this short prayer and kind of get the the meaning behind it, the bigger meaning behind it, here's what I think the bigger meaning is, is that Jesus taught the disciples that the best way to pray is to acknowledge our relationship to God and to acknowledge our need for him. Those two things in every prayer. And Jesus lays this out really easily. In fact, you're gonna give me the points as we go through this talk because you already know this prayer. So um, we start out in the Lord's Prayer. How does it start out again? Oh, see, you guys all know this. This is great. So you're gonna, it's, you're, gonna help, you're gonna be able to remember this. Jesus starts out, our Father who art in heaven, and what this indicates is this indicates there's this strong relationship. This, he's our Father. And I really believe that inside everybody, there's a longing for a Father's love. It's a primal need. Uh, some of us experience that in this life, and some of us don't. But regardless of our earthly fathers, um, God offers every one of us a father's love. In fact, I remember learning uh, this verse in Sunday school as a kid, uh, 1 John 3, 1. I almost can't read it because in my mind it's stuck as a song. Did anybody else, anybody else have uh, <laughs> way back Sunday school this, this uh, well the verse goes like this. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we should be called the children of God, and and that is what we are. Anybody remember the song with me? Oh, Todd, I know you know this. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the, sing with me if you know it, (laughs) given unto us, that we should be called the children of God that we should be called the children of God. We did it in rounds. Um, I mean, it was, it was, I could really get you going here, but I will, <laughs> I'll hold off um, and not push you too hard. Um, but the cool thing about this is that I never forgot that verse because it's stuck in my head from Sunday school. 
Um, and those words, um, what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we should be called the children of God, that comforts me even now. And maybe, maybe, maybe this idea of God being our Father, our Father, um, maybe it's easy for us to forget or maybe it's hard for us to believe that God invites us to be part of his closest circle, his family. In Romans 8, we're told that the Holy Spirit reinforces this truth to us and speaks to us deep in our hearts, telling us, testifying to us, that we are God's children. So when we approach God in prayer, we can talk to him knowing and relying on his father love for us. That changes the way we approach him. Oh yeah, he's, he's my father. He really loves me. He's for me. That, but then there's another facet of our relationship with God that Jesus then unfolds because the next part goes, our father who art in heaven, then... Um, Oh yeah, 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 thanks, great. You guys are good, you're gonna help me not forget anything in this sermon. Um, so the next part is this hallowed be thy name, and I use the word hallowed all the time, I, don't, don't you? Um, yeah, me neither. Um, we were, uh, this reminds me, the word hallowed means to, to keep holy. Um, and this reminds me of, a, of something that I have to give a quick pr promotion on. Two weeks ago, I was doing an introduction to the study in Isaiah that is starting this Wednesday night, um, right in the lobby out there. Um, if you are not in, already in a vital, thriving, um, life-giving Bible study, um, then I invite you, um, and even if you are, um, I invite you to come um, to Isaiah 1, the launch of it, this Wednesday night. The first and third Wednesdays, we're going to have an interactive, conversation-like um, Bible study through the book of Isaiah. And when I was doing the introduction, um, it, was <clears throat> it was interesting to me to find that Isaiah's most common title for God <clears throat> is the Holy One of Israel. The whole, over and over, Isaiah calls God the Holy One of Israel. And uh, we discuss the meaning of the word holy. It's easy for us to just think of the first meaning of holy. One meaning is just pure and sinless, but there's a second meaning that I think makes it so much richer. Not only does holy mean pure and sinless, it also means set apart, not like anything else. Set apart not like anything else. So when we say God's name is holy, we're saying that he's in a league of his own, that there's no one like him. Um, an old, old Twyla Paris song said, there is no power above or beside him. And I like that idea, that certainly no one is above God, but he also doesn't have any peer. No one is beside him, no one is his equal. In, in common culture, Sometimes people will jokingly compare uh, God and Satan, almost like they're um, playing tug of war with the world, <clears throat> with the world, like they're two opposite but equal powers, yin and yang, that kind of thing. But nothing could be further from the truth. That's right. <laughs> um, 
Later on, we're looking at Luke, Luke 11, the passage, the, um, the Our Father I was looking at is in Luke 11, and further on in that chapter, Luke 11:20, 20, there's a great verse that gives a beautiful picture of the contrast between God's power and Satan's power. Jesus said, but if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Now picture that. It doesn't say if I drive out demons by the strong arm and strong army of God. It doesn't say that. It just says by the finger. Like, like a booger, you know? I mean, it's, if God can flick demons away like they're boogers, I mean, look, that says something about who he is, that he's, it's not yin and yang. Um, it's not too equal. There's no one like him. He is matchless. If we believe that God's name is hallowed, that God is holy, this changes the way we talk to him. Our tone will have more reverence. Our encounter with him will have more weight. We won't be glib or casual. When we approach God in prayer, we want to remember, yes, there's the intimacy of the Father, but there's also the holiness of, of the Holy One of Israel. So as we're thinking through this, um, let's see, how does it go? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. How's it go after that? Good job, good job. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the next part of the thing, Jesus unfolds this for us and he shows another thing about our relationship with God. He is our father, he is hallowed or holy, but he's also king. When we pray, like the funky, uh, the funky song that um, was our offertory, which I love, um, you know, heaven coming down, when we pray, your, um, your kingdom come, your will be done, we're talking to a king. We're talking to a king who is, <clears throat> has a plan, has a plan and a will in action. Now, I know there's different types of personalities, but I am a planner. Unapologetically, I'm a planner, and I like to plan things, and I like to have a plan. And I also like the, the feeling I get when there's somebody that I trust that I think, all right, they've got a plan. Um, and some of you are like, oh, I don't need a plan. But some of us, you, if, raise your hand if you're a planner. Right, come on, come on, you're planners. <laughs> Kristen, I've worked, yes, you are a planner. Some of you I can say, yeah, I've seen that. But here's the thing, God is not up in heaven just, um, just drumming his celestial you know, knuckles. Um, he's up there and he has a whole plan, a timeline. He has a plan for your life, he has a plan for my life, he has a plan for the world. Um, he, he's the king, and he has a plan. Uh, and, and in fact, when Jesus was on earth, the thing that he talked about more than any other topic, if you look at the four biographies of Jesus' life, the Gospels, um, the thing Jesus talked about more than anything else was the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God. And he tried to help people understand it. He used all kinds of metaphors to it, try, to, try to explain it. He would say the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed or a, a treasure or it's like a pearl or it's like a fishing net or it's like yeast or it's like a mustard seed. 
all these things, and then he would go on and share things to try to help us get an idea of what this kingdom is like because it's hard for us, us to fathom. One time I heard someone explaining God's kingdom by trying to compare it to an earthly kingdom, and, and they said, how do we know what is the kingdom of the Queen of England? Well, her kingdom would be any territory where she is ruling. That's how we understand where her kingdom is. But one time Jesus said to, uh, to his disciples, he told them where his kingdom was, and it surprised them because they were looking for a different kind of king, and they were looking to get out from Roman oppression. Um, they had a whole different thing in their mind, but Jesus told them where the kingdom of God was. What did he say? The kingdom of God is within you, he said. What? What do you mean the kingdom of God is within me? Within me? Uh, Very interesting. It's a different twist. Um, One time I heard John Ortberg say, God's kingdom is where God's name is hallowed and where his will is followed. Uh, (laughs) Which I thought was pretty good. Um, So, but God's kingdom is anywhere that he is ruling and reigning. And it's, uh, it starts within us. Jesus, as king, invites people. He doesn't force his kingness on people or his kingdom. He invites us into his kingdom. He called his first followers and said, follow me. So we get to choose. Am I going to follow this king? Am I going to join in his kingdom plans? When we pray, your kingdom come, we are welcoming his kingdom to come now from heaven to earth one heart at a time. Maybe you didn't realize when you're praying that, you're going through the motions of saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're asking for an invasion. You're asking for God's kingdom to start invading our earth and our hearts. These qualities that Jesus shares in the first half of the prayer gives us, give us a balanced picture of our relationship with God. And if we remember that God's our Father, we remember that he's holy, remember that he's the king, it'll change the way we pray. In the second half of the prayer, Jesus goes from our relationship with him to our need for him. And you guys can help me along with this because you know how I forget these things. Um, But as we look at this prayer, as we think it through or recite it through in our heads, um, what do you think is the first need that we have from God? Go ahead, recite it through. I heard it over here, what was this? Yes, 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 good. I deliberately did not put the answers up there because I know you know this. Um, And it'll make you think about it the next time you pray this, I hope. which will be fairly soon. Um, So the first need Jesus mentions is, give us this day our daily bread. And you could, we could broaden this to just a need for provision. Uh, I love that Jesus says that we can ask for something as simple as bread. My mother uh, believed that you pray about everything. It was embarrassing. She would pray for parking spots when I was growing up. Lord, please give us a good parking spot when we get to the, and I'd be like, Mom, you don't pray for parking spots. And she said, you can pray for anything, any little need that you have, 
or any big complicated need that you have. Leslie. <laughs> so um, in Philippians, there's a beautiful verse that says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So God wants to provide our needs. He's willing for us to, pro- to, to, to take care of our needs, but for some reason, Jesus said that we ought to ask. When I was a, for the nine years I was a hospice chaplain, I took care of patients from all kinds of faith backgrounds, and I remember on many occasions, people would tell me, I, I would ask them about their prayer life. If they do pray, how do they pray, who do they pray to, and just finding out a little about them, and, and a lot of times I would get this answer, well, I do pray, but never for me like it would be presumptuous to pray for me. And um, so, so I many times would tell people a little bit, I would say, oh, I've got some good news for you. Uh, I've got some very good news, and I would point them to the verse that Carl spoke on a few weeks ago. I thought Carl did a great job with this verse in the very same chapter that we're in, a verse that we've all heard many, many times, Jesus said, and I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. So Jesus said, ask. Ask for what you need. It's not presumptuous. Ask for bread. Ask for anything else that you need. So according to this prayer, going back to it in our heads, what else besides bread do we need from God? Ah, you guys, you could preach this sermon. I could have slept in. The, um, <clears throat> so we need provision, but then forgive us this day our trespasses or our sins. Um, this brings up our need for forgiveness. And the Bible tells us that we've all sinned. Um, most people that I talk to uh, don't, have any problem believing that they've sinned. I've only come across one guy one time who said, no, I don't think I've ever sinned. I didn't have anything to say to that. I thought, wow, (laughs) good for you. (laughs) You go. (laughs) Um, Go in that self-delusion, you know. Um, But but I I think it's easy for us to all, if we look back in our lives, um, to believe that we've broken God's kingdom laws. There have been times that I've been selfish. There have been times when I Um, have ignored God, disobeyed his commands, I don't even know if I can really go a whole day without sinning. Because once you really understand more about sin, you realize that there's all kinds of sins. By your words, your tone of voice, your action. Are you kidding me? There's sins of omission, which are things that I should have done that I didn't do. Commission, things that I did that I shouldn't have done. Um, So, you know, I, I think, I don't know if I can get through a whole day. Maybe if I just stay in my room. Um, and don't go anywhere. But most of us have an idea. Most of us get, you know how we can get comfortable with, with our own, if, you, if you're a hiker and you've been hiking for a long time and you haven't taken a bath and you get used to your own smell? Um, the, um, most of us can do that with our own sin if we're, if we're like, well, you know, that's just how I am. Um, but Jesus reminds us that we need to come and turn to God for forgiveness. We need that forgiveness. And what I count on um, and many, many times in my head, I've been happy that I've memorized this verse from 1 John 
that says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from a few of our unrighteousnesses. Oh wait, no, and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. And so I count on that, that he cleans us, that he forgives us. So there's one more need, um, because Jesus knew that I'd be doing this sermon someday and would like to have a nice balance there with three and three. So there's one more need he lays out here in this, um, in this prayer, if you can think it through. There's one more need that he says that we have. What do you think that is? Yes, lead us not into temptation. Now that, that's what the prayer says, but I have a friend um, I won't point him out to you because it might embarrass you. He's near the back. And, uh, <laughs> but I do have a friend who said to me this week, um, lead us not into temptation. Uh, why would God ever lead us into temptation? And I thought, that's a really good point. Why would he lead us into temptation? And he told me that his wife, who speaks Spanish, says that um, the translation in Spanish says something more like, don't let us fall into temptation. And in fact, the New Living Translation I looked into, it says, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now, all the translations, I think, would agree that this just is reminding us that we need protection from the temptation to sin. Um, You know, if in the prayer we just prayed for forgiveness, forgiving our sins, but there are many many times I've asked for forgiveness for something, but I don't necessarily have the ability to follow through and really change. There's even simple things that I can't follow through on that I, I think, you know, how many times have I started a new diet how many, or an exercise program and I have full intention to follow through and I don't do it, but if I can't change those simple things about my life, how am I gonna change some of the deep patterns, the deep patterns that I really don't like about myself? Um, I can only change those if God protects me, and if he leads me into good paths and away from the paths that lead me to destruction. So we can pray for God to protect us by leading us away from temptation, delivering us from all kinds of evil, the evil that could be done to us or the evil that we can get into by our own doing. You know, uh, generally speaking, I kind of like to think of myself as uh, strong and self-reliant, not weak and needy. Um, But I remember um, a few years ago, I remember there was a song, a Christian song, um, and the chorus was a prayer to God, and it it would just repeat over and over, I, I, I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate for you. And I thought, that's a humbling thing to say, I really am. I I might seem halfway together, but in reality, I'm desperate for you, Lord. And I think when we, uh, whether we realize it or not, we are all incredibly needy. We need God's provision. We need his forgiveness. We need his protection every day. When Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, Um, It's because we need these things on a daily basis. You know, when when my friend brought up to me, um, 
why would God lead us into temptation? I liked, there was something else I liked about what he said. Uh, I liked that he was actually thinking about what he was saying in the prayer. Because like I said at the beginning of this service, we wanna make sure that we're not just mouthing words without thinking or feeling. Um, we can do this with all kinds of things. I'm big on meaning. You know, Jesus, I love the fact that um, the, the name for Jesus, some of you know in 1 John, that verse that says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And that word there for God is a common word that you might, Greek word that you might know called logos. And logos means word or meaning. So it's, that verse is saying that Jesus um, is not just the word, he's the meaning in everything. Our lives are suffused with meaning because of him. But especially in the, in the churchy realm, um, it's so important that we don't just do things without any meaning, that we just go through, you know, religious stuff that we've heard and stand up, sit down, fight, 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 you know, I mean, that, um, we, don't, we don't want that to be uh, empty. We want, it to, we want Jesus to be the meaning in everything that we do. And so even in the Lord's Prayer, uh, we want to make sure that we're not doing things mechanically, but that they come from our hearts. Um, there's a verse I love in James 5, and it says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Um, I, in fact, I like it so much, I think you should read it with me. Um, would you read that with me? The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Wow. So you mean my prayers might actually have some power. What, this old thing? There's actually power in this? So, you know, the Lord's Prayer is not a magic formula. Prayer is not a magic formula. But it's a pattern and a tool given to us by Jesus that reminds us of important things, reminds us of our relationship with him, reminds us of our need for him. And whenever we pray, whether it's the Lord's Prayer or any other prayer, if we pray with earnestness and expectation that God is big enough to handle everything we're asking for, we'll find that these prayers have great power and wonderful results. So, I'm hoping that um, from this point forward, when you say the Our Father, that there will be a little fresh, oh yeah, there's some real meaning to this thing um, when you pray it. And in fact, uh, we're gonna pray it together in a moment. I'm gonna say a prayer first, and then I'm, you know, on cue, I'm gonna have you guys join me. We'll say trespasses today because I think that's the most common. Um, it could be sins or debtors or whatever you grew up with, but today, um, We'll say trespasses. So um, would you join me in praying? <clears throat> Lord, uh, as we are about to enter into sharing communion with you and with each other, we know that it's only because of what Jesus has done that we can call you Father. We also know that you are holy and there's no one like you. No one compares to you. We're so grateful that Jesus is king, that he has a plan, and we want to follow and obey. 
And we ask you today, we recognize that we have plenty of things that we need. Please meet our needs to provide for us, to forgive us, to protect us from falling into temptation. We need you, Lord, for everything. We thank you that, um, that you are eager. We thank you that you promise that when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And so we pray as Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Speaking of things that we don't want to do just by rote, here's something else. Um, this body and blood of Jesus Christ, uh, we certainly don't want to just go th through the motions on this. And we, I always would remind people, when I would serve people communion um, it, as a chaplain, a hospice chaplain, I would say, what did Jesus say was the point of this? What was the purpose that he wanted us to do with this? Yeah, really simple. He just said, every time you do this, do this to remember me. And so right now, we remember what Jesus has done for us, um, the sacrifice he made. Um, and we're gonna just pray again um, over these elements. <sighs> Lord, we just wanna pause and do just what Jesus asked. We wanna pause and remember So Lord, we remember you in our hearts. We remember um, the cost, the sacrifice that you made. We remember we're so grateful. Through Christ, amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it as a picture. And he broke it in front of his disciples and he said, this, this is my body broken for you. eat this in remembrance of me. And then he took a glass of wine um, and he, um, he poured it out and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink in remembrance of me. So when we come forward, uh, we start from the back and we come forward and we tear off a piece of the bread and we dip it into the cup. The light cups are juice, the dark cups are wine. And when we do it, we're saying, yes, Lord, I want your life, your forgiveness, and all of you. So um, do this in remembrance of him. So teach my song to rise to you. Temptation comes my way And when I cannot stand I'll fall on you 
Jesus, you're my hope and stay. And when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Because Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. That's our prayer. That song is a perfect prayer. Uh, and we, we humble ourselves and, and say, we, we do, we need you. Uh, we thank you that when we're not good, uh, you are good. And we thank you that in you we live and move and have our being. We thank you for the mystery of life in Christ, that Christ lives in us. And we pray that we would live out of that confidence um, that you really are with us and in us and for us through jesus amen bless you amen <laughs>